you're touching right now. Hallelujah. By the authority of the word of God and by the name that is above every name. Hallelujah. At that name, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. In the name above every name, touch every situation in this place. We cast down every stronghold. We cast down every enemy. Hallelujah. We bring it into subjection. Hallelujah. By the name of Jesus. God, we are victorious. We are in Jesus' name. Let's thank the Lord right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. You may be preserved in your seats. What an awesome, wasn't that awesome? Man. Wow, what a move of God. What a presence of the Lord. Such an honor to be in the house of the Lord. to Brother and Sister Hawkins. Appreciate their ministry. and My pastor, I appreciate his love and kindness. He's taken time out personally for me and uh, I give them honor. And uh, so good to have my family with me today. Amen. Zach and Carrie Berkeley. Amen. What an honor to have them. And what a great God. What an awesome service we had this morning. Praise God. The blood. Praise God. Well, I'm going to try to do a song if that's all right. If I crash and burn, just smile. Praise the Lord. We're going to get it figured out. I've had this song in my heart. forever forever worship you and only imagine only imagine surrounded by your glory what will my heart be will I dance for you Jesus for in all of you be still will I stand in your presence
him up in this place. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Would you just magnify him? Lord, we praise you. We adore you. We exalt you. God, praise God. If you could stand for the reading of the word, amen. What a great presence of the Lord that is in this place. Amen. If you'll turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter number 16, verse number 7. Amen. I give honor to my wife and my family. Thankful for them. And blessed with the best. Praise God. Amen. I'm thankful. Praise God. After they were come to Mysa. They essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they, passing by Mysa, came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we, he endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel unto them. Verse number 13, and on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made, and we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened. And she attended unto the things that were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized in her household, she besought us, saying, if we have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought us her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, somebody say grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and he came out of her the same hour. Praise God. Thank you for standing. You may be seated in Jesus' name. I'm going to speak to you on this title, It's Time to Deal With It. It's time to deal with it. I was reading about, uh, which was amazing to me, there was a house uh, up in uh, Maryland, uh, Dickerson, and it was a house that was so large, it was over 10,000 square foot, a huge house, a house that looked beautiful on the outside. It, it had all the trinkets. It had everything going for it. If you pulled up, it looked like a mansion, 10,000 square feet home, and just ready and looked good. Everything about it just brought out riches, praise God. But uh, when you begin to go inside the house, the man that had lived there had been 
battling uh, some insects and bat battling some different uh, snakes that would begin to creep in the house. And uh, it was a house worth over $1.8 million, which the man purchased. But uh, as long as he began to stay there, the longer that he stayed there, the more the snake and infestation began to happen. And he tried to do everything in his own power to fix the situation. And finally, he made up his mind that enough is enough. Amen. I'd be there. Praise God. Snakes around this hole inside of the house. And he decided that, you know, I'm going to do something about this situation, Brother Hawkins. And he began to take some smoke and went down to the basement. And he concocted to create some smoking mechanism to push all of the snakes out of the house. Uh, but the problem was that he couldn't control the smoke and it began to burst into flame and all of a sudden the house that was worth $1.8 million, 10,000 square foot home began to be burned to the ground. In other words, he dealt with the situation. Amen. It probably would have been better to go get somebody that deals with snakes, but he had made up his mind, I'm going to deal with it. I want you to know that we as the people of God, we have been brought out, we've been changed, we've filled the presence of the Lord, we've felt the anointing of God, and we've come to an apostolic altar before, and, and we felt the Shekinah glory that would come upon us, but we as the people of God, we may look good on the outside, and we may think that we are that riches, and, and that $10,000 uh, $10, square foot home, but inside there can be damages inside of us. Uh, there can be problems that are going on inside and we can look the part but down deep we are just torn up uh, we're messed up uh, we we just barely make it into the house of God we sit here and we feel the presence of the Lord the wonderful music that happens the ministry of the gospel goes forth but we are torn up inside and we're damaged inside we look all right but down deep inside we're not all right uh, but I want you to know today uh, oh to God that there would be something about us uh, that we would make up our mind that I've got to deal with my situation. I've got to deal with the trouble that I'm faced with. I've got to deal with that sin problem that's plaguing my life. I've got to deal with the weights. I've got to deal with the mistakes. I've got to deal with my past. I've got to do and get rid of those things out of my life. So many times we come into the house of the Lord and we feel the Lord such a great mighty way, but we just sit there like a bump on the log. We don't feel the glory of God. We see everybody else worshiping. We see everybody else having it, but down deep we are bound by things that plague our minds. I want you to know there are things that, of this world that plague our minds. You see, we deal with thoughts that creep into our mind that invades us mentally, that invades our spirits. And what does it do when we want to worship we don't worship when we want to praise we don't praise because we're bound mentally the enemy gets us and we come here in the glory of God freedom is happening joy is loosed out the spirit of God is breaking loose but we sit there bound there are people that come here and with failures and mistakes. The enemy works on your mind and says, I know what you did, Denver. I know where you've been. I know what you've done. Hallelujah. How dare you get up and praise God? How dare you get up and worship? Oh, to God, you've got to deal with that situation. It's not God's will that we are just bound in chains and in fetters. It's not God's
God's will that we sit here night after night, morning after morning, uh, just just making it. It's God's will that we're free indeed. If the Son shall make you free, you are free indeed. You see, we begin to face complacency. We've had pressures of life, especially now, that plague our minds, that plague our hearts, things that begin to creep in, and we just, we just get to the point we just want to give up and forget about it. But there's got to be a holy boldness about you that we just can't be content just doing the same old thing because revival's happening. God's going to have a great revival. There's going to be a great move that you've never experienced before. The latter house shall be greater than the former house. Hallelujah. Great things are coming, but you've got to make up your mind. I've got to deal with my problem. I've got to deal with my situation. I cannot allow it to keep nagging on my life. Hallelujah. So how do you do it? I, I'm here to tell you this is how you do it. You just begin to look at that thing. You speak at that thing and you say, remove from it. Speak to that mountain and tell it to get out of your way. Come on, somebody, you gotta speak to your situation. You gotta speak to your problem. You gotta speak to that thing. You say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. Get away from me. I've got victory coming. I've got joy coming. I feel the Shekinah glory coming. I'm not gonna hang on to that, that depression, that discouragement. I'm gonna cast it off and I'm gonna claim what God has for my life. See, there comes a point when you got to make up your mind, enough's enough. You can let the enemy keep stealing from your family all you want, or you can make up your mind, enough's enough. You can say, well, I'll just be content. That's just the way it is. No, it isn't just the way it is. God never intended you to be that way. God intended us to be free, royal agents of him. God wants us to win this world, change this, this doc. We are to turn the world upside down. And how can we do that if we're bound in chains and in fetters? God wants you to be free. The scripture says that Paul came, felt the anointing of God, and God told him to go to a place called Macedonia. And as he began to go there, Acts chapter 16, Scripture says, as immediately they went to Macedonia to preach the gospel, and they came to a place, uh, and the Sabbath was there, and they were at the city by a riverside. I find it amazing as I begin to study by the riverside, these people would gather from Macedonia, and automatically my mind went to Psalms 137, where they begin to weep at the river of water. They hung their harps upon the willow, and they said, how can we sing the song of the Lord in a strange land? They were at the riverside. They were there just wishing it could be like it used to be, wishing that it could go back to where, and I just kind of wondered in my mind, here they are gathering, hallelujah, hoping for something to happen, and all of a sudden God sent a man of God and began to preach the word unto God unto them. I come to tell you a word of God today. You don't have to live that way anymore. 
anymore. You don't have to be in that condition anymore. There is a God that can heal every sickness, every disease, every problem. There's nothing beyond his limits. There's nothing beyond his control. He's a God that spoke into existence in the world. He's a God that healed my body from paralyzation. He's a God that can heal cancer. He's a God that can save your family. He's a God that can heal cancer. He's a God that can heal your body. It's time you get up from your ashes. Get up from your your despair and realize that God is still on the throne. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. A message was preached there. And a woman by the name of Lydia, a seller of purple, which purple was a very expensive thing because they got they, they dyed the clothes from snails that were in the ocean and it just caused the, 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 the clothing to become purple, which was a very expensive thing. And God uh, touched her heart and she was baptized. She was saved. And all of a sudden after this happened, isn't it amazing after God begins to move and things begin to happen, all of a sudden the enemy shows up. Come on now. God sends a great revival Sunday, and then come Monday, what happens? Come on now. That temptation's there. That desire's there. Hallelujah, your attitude. That guy passes you, just begins to uh, cut you off. Praise God. Amen. And then what happens? We felt the Lord on Sunday, but all of a sudden we don't feel him. It's Monday. The enemy shows up. And here, Paul, they were going back out to pray, and this woman, which had a spirit of divination, she could foretell the future, began to follow Paul and Timothy and said, these men are the servants of the Most High God to show us unto us the way of salvation. Well, that sounds great, doesn't it? Man, you're, you're helping us preach the gospel. But she did this, the scripture says, many days. Can you imagine that? All day long. These are the prophets. 24-7. My goodness, if that doesn't get you, it would get me. After many days, Paul got tired of it. The scripture says he was grieved. In other words, Strong says that he was troubled. He was pained. It also says he was worked up. Paul was worked up. He got to the point, enough is enough. I'm tired of dealing with this situation. Oh, to God, you would get that same mentality because many of us, we just allow it to happen day after day. Night after night, and we're just saying, well, it's always going to be this way. When in reality, we can get an attitude that says, I'm tired of it. I'm going to deal with it, and I'm going to get rid of it because my God is greater. And whenever that thing pops back up, I'm going to rebuke it. I'm going to claim it. I'm going to say, God, you're able. Oh, glory to God. But the problem is. Now, when we were younger, we had kids. Our kids were younger. I'm just messing up all day today. Praise God. 
stories, Scott. When we were younger, we had uh, our kids, we would put them on a leash. Amen. It was a monkey. And we would strap them. I know that's child abuse. But when you go to Disney World, you want to make sure you know where your kids are at. And we have since lost the monkey. And I need a volunteer. Brother Gunnerman, help me out. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. I know I won't. We're going to do what we can do. <laughs> this is the best that I could come with, but praise God. Amen. We're going to put this Olaf. Got it. All right. If anybody wants some pictures, we can have him turn around. Now, I did have a strap, but when you're from Greene County, you just find what best works. <laughs> Brother Gunnerman's wearing Olaf, and he is limited. I'm sorry, brother. No, you're not. <laughs> He's limited how far he can go. Right? Don't, don't go. He is limited by how far he can go because I control the string. I'm going to make sure it's tighter. He has to go where I go. He can't move. He's bound by me, right? You can't run like you used to run. You may have received the Holy Ghost, but all of a sudden that weight, problems, troubles, situations that's got on you, and you're just bound by that. You can't go any further. You may want to. You may want to run further. You may want to do great things for God, but you know what you're doing? You're bound. You're bound by Olaf. You're bound by the trouble and the problem that's in your life. And that's so many of you. We were once, do you remember when you were full of the Holy Ghost? When you first got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the joy that would smile over you and even your worst enemy that would honk at you, you would just be excited about. Well, praise God, bless their heart, amen. But in reality, we've lost the joy. We've lost the power. We've lost the anointing because we try to go further, but we're locked up. We want to go further, but God, somehow we're, we're just restricted. It's not God's will. It's not God's purpose that you're like this. God wants you to be free. Oh, glory to God. I wonder what would happen if we make up our mind. You don't break an arm. Don't have me back, Brother Hawkins, I understand. If we got rid of Olaf, yeah. if we got rid of the problem, we got rid of the trouble, that's weighing on you, and you know everything that you're dealing with better than you can hide it from the pastor, you can hide it from everybody else, you and God know what you're dealing with. And every day, it's just a day in routine, when I wonder what would happen if we would get back to praying and fasting. If we, oh, come on somebody. I wonder what would happen if we would get back to prayer and fasting, get a holding of God like we used to do. But the problem is we've even let entertainment control our lives. And we're bound by entertainment and we can't go any further because we're locked up. We're restricted. When God does not, we're not supposed to be that way. I want you to know that God has anointed you. God's blessed you. You can do greater things than you could ever imagine. 
You can do greater things. I can't win the world by myself. Brother Hawkins can't. But each and every one of us has the power. We have the anointing of God on our lives. You know what the enemy's afraid of? He's afraid that you'll get loose from your, your restrictions. You know, I got a dog. We got a dog, Sissy, and Brother Hawkins has met our dog, and I chain her up everywhere. She likes to bark. She won't hurt a flea, but she acts big stuff. But every now and then, she has a collar around her neck, and her, it just begins to work loose, unbeknownst to me. And eventually, that loosening of the collar, you know how you loose your collar from off of you? You just get back down to the prayer room. It doesn't feel like you want to get up early in the morning, but I'm going to get up early in the morning, I'm going to get back down, and I'm going to pray anyway. It don't feel like I come to the house of God, the Lord's moving, and I really don't feel like it, but you know what? I'm loosening the collar. Because once you begin to do that, you may still feel a little restriction, but eventually it's going to break free. One day my dog got loose and she was all the way down the street. <laughs> I wonder what would happen if we would just break free. Break free from those weights. Break free from those struggles. Break free. Have enough of that situation that you're dealing with. Say enough is enough. God set me free. I'm tired of living this way. You know what? You can stay in that condition all you want. You can stay locked up or you can make up your mind no more. I'm tired of living like this. I'm going to get out of my situation. I'm going to get up out of this place. I'm going to go to a place that's better. we got to be like Abraham and says, hey, I'm going to look for a city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. I'm not going to stay content where I'm at. I'm going to get up out of here. you got to get that same mentality. I'm talking about enough is enough. You're tired of dealing with it. There's got to be a, a David in this place that says, you know what, I'm tired of Goliath. Uh, every day coming out here, mocking us, knocking us down. Uh, oh, to God, get up off of the couch, amen. Get up off of your situation. Hallelujah. You have power. Do you realize that the power that you got, the power to overcome this world, would you lift your hands in this place? Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. You're staying down and out when God's rivers of living water is literally right here. The river of living water is really just right here. All you got to do is take a step. All you got to do is make a step to God. Make a step from your bondage. Hey, the Lord is in this place. And you can take it. You can receive it. You can receive the strength that God has for you. But you got to make a step. I can't do it for you. You've got to be the one to make the step. You see, there comes a point when you have to decide 
The Bible says that Paul told Timothy to fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Well, Brother Deckard, I've just been battling this for so long. We can camouflage it. Nobody knows. And we're just still dealing with it. You know, the danger is that when the Lord comes, you're still dealing with it. The Bible says, how long will you sleep? How long will you sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of your sleep? So shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth, and thy one as an armed man. Ephesians 5.14 says, Wherefore he saith, Awake. Somebody say, Awake. Awake out of sleep. And arise from the dead. You got to get up from that dead, dry situation and Christ shall give thee light you see if you don't ever deal with it if you don't ever deal with your situation you're going to be continually bound you're always going to be down you will affect your family you affect your friends because it's weighing you down. You know, when Brother Hawkins preached about the Bibles the other day, this is my dad's Bible. <laughs> I have a responsibility. Do you realize that there are people that have come and died for the name of Jesus Christ? People that were sawn asunder, that, that gave their life for the kingdom of God, and we have a responsibility. I can't sit idly by, today is the day of salvation. Today is the greatest time that you can get your liberty like you've never had it before. But you have to deal with it. You see, it'll take your joy. It'll take your happiness. You'll be dead. You'll be dry. When all of a sudden God is standing here saying, hey, come to me. All ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. I wonder today, are you going to stay connected to your trouble? Whatever it is. You and God know because you come into the house of God and you're not free. The music team does everything they can and the Spirit of the Lord is in this place and they do everything they can to try to break through, but, but you're still holding on to something. Oh, God. You know, back in the day, I can remember my dad even telling me about things that they would just lay on the altar. They'd lay it on the altar. It was a sign that I'm not going to do it anymore. This is what I have, and, you know, I'm getting. I'm not going to deal with that anymore. 
But the problem is that we're still dealing with it and maybe we're coming back and we're kind of visiting it. We really haven't crucified it. When Jesus said that you got to, what do you have to do? You got to crucify yourself. You got to take up your cross. Follow me. You know why? Because there's joy. But I wonder if there's going to be a time that we're going to decide that I'm going to get rid of this problem, this trouble I'm dealing with. It's tearing my family down. I'm not feeling the joy, the power, and the presence like I ought to be. Oh, glory to God. I'm not feeling the, the spirit of the Lord like I, I used to feel. You've got to have a Samson mentality that says, Lord, I want to be touched one more time. You know what, Lord, I failed you so many times. And here's Samson. He lost his eyes. He fell prey to the enemy, to Delilah. He gave in to his desires. And here he is grinding in the, in the, in the prison house where God never intended him to be. Maybe you have reached that point where the enemy has got your number. Oh, man. But you have got to say, Lord, one more time, God. I've got to fail you one more time. I want you to know that you may have the scars of the enemy still on your life because he does damage to you when you're away from God. When you step outside that door, that threshold, that safety, uh, hallelujah, you can receive damage to your life. Uh, hallelujah. You may have the scars on your life, but you got to make up your mind. Uh, hallelujah. Lord, one more time. Uh, God, I want to feel the anointing one more because when Samson felt the anointing, nothing could stop him. Nothing can get in his way. Every enemy was defeated. Oh, to God, you would stir up the gift of God that is in you, that God gave you. Look the enemy in the eye and say, no more. I'm tired of it. I'm going to get rid of this prison. I feel like you need to lift up your hands and your spirit right now. The Lord is in this place. Don't let that devil enter your mind and say, well, I know what you've done, the guilt trip into your mind. Do you know that the Lord has forgiven you of every sin? Uh, pastor preached about the cross today, the blood of Jesus, the love of God. I want you to know here today right now that the Lord, hallelujah, will set you free. The Lord will make a way for you as the music comes up right now. The Lord is in this place. Come on, somebody. Will you lay it aside? Will you make up your mind that God, Today is a day. I'm going to draw a line in the sand. I'm going to draw a line in the sand, and I'm not going to allow that enter into my life anymore. I'm going to live the way that God intends us to live. I'm going to yield my life unto the Lord as an instrument of God. Brother Deckard, I like those things. Let me tell you something. Those things will bring you down. There's got to be a Moses that says, you know what? I'd rather suffer the afflictions with the people of God than to endure the pleasures of sin. It's just for a little bit. When eternity is, is around. Lift your hands unto the Lord in this place.
Come on, somebody, lift up your hands in this house as the music comes. Worship the Lord, God, I need you. I love you, Lord. On the Lord is in this place. Why don't you stand to your feet, lift up your voice. Lord, I praise you. As the music plays, I wonder if there's somebody that's dealing with a problem. The rivers of living water is here at the altar. God is waiting for you. But there's got to be a prodigal son. There's got to be somebody that says, enough is enough. I've lost everything. The enemy stripped me of everything, and I'm coming back to God. Would you lay your hand on your neighbor that's near you? Let's pray together. God, touch us. Somebody, the Lord is in this place. Don't just stay behind. Get up from your place.
Dismissed. You're all smiling already, so God bless you. You're dismissed. 